throughout the day you're going to hear from a couple of the different people in our church. I hope you're prepared, chat, because it's going to be awesome. I'm going to share on family, because I believe here at our community we are a family. I work for the government uh, in the housing department role, where every day people come with their issues, broken homes, drugs, alcohol, major issues, major problems. And I could tell you war story after war story of just terrible things that are happening right on our doorstep. And it's an eye-opener, the amount of destruction and, I guess, dysfunction in our households. And I could nearly attribute every problem that I come across to the breakdown in the family unit. Either their father wasn't around, or the parents are separated, or the children don't know how to be children. Parents don't know how to be parents. And it sounds too cliche-ish or, or almost too simple, but I honestly believe that, that the major breakdown in society is what the home should look like. So here, since coming to church, since being saved and being uh, discipled in this house, I've seen what God truly feels about family. And I think the model he's given us, or the community model, the church model, really should be the place you feel most secure. really is the place where you feel like you're a son or a daughter, you're a father, you're an uncle, whatever, but you're in a role that serves the community, that encourages the kingdom, that builds people around you. The photo I've got up there for We Are Family is obviously me, my wife, and my little son, River. And since he came along, everything in my perception changed. I already had a, a belief in God and what he can do as a father, but when you become a father, everything <laughs> changes. You are always thinking about him, whether you're at work, uh, whether you're playing, whatever. Your son, your child is in your foremost part of your mind. And I know a lot of fathers contribute to that. In a functional house, should I tell you. But the next slide I want to show you is all of my family. So I come from a very broken home. Very broken down sort of family life. And it's the only photo where all ten children are in one place. My mum and dad, um, who are just right in the middle there, they had ten kids together, and this is the only time in history we were together. We had to go into prison to take this photo because my father and my eldest brother were in jail at that time. They were doing life sentences. So mum basically raised the ten of us by herself. We didn't have much. We obviously didn't have much money. She was a phenomenal woman. We were actually raised as Jehovah's Witnesses, and that was her faith. That was her way of keeping us together. Yet dysfunction was a normal part of life. We had to deal with abuse and uh, lack and poverty mindset, all those things that I see uh, in our society today, which I contribute to the, to the breakdown of our household. Last time I shared, I talked a lot about my brother who, who died, the oldest one with the moustache. Uh, he passed away. He was beaten to death. And that was an extremely tough time for our family. But if you go to the very top, of that photo is my sister Stephanie. Uh, a year ago, she passed away for unknown circumstances. 
we thought that it was suicide. And just on suicide, at my job, I only just found out that the, main, the number one killer of men under 45 years old is suicide. It's not any disease. It's not any reckless behavior, driving cars or anything like that. It's suicide. What a robbery. So for the last year, I thought that it was my sister had committed suicide. We only just found out a week ago that we got the autopsy back from the report and found out that her doctor malpracticed, prescribed her the wrong thing uh, because she wasn't drinking alcohol, uh, gave her heart medication, which she didn't need. She had a lung problem and it killed her. And the reason I tell you that is because Satan loves to destroy families. And my family is no different to your family. He hates fellowship. He hates unity. He hates where there's any sort of love. So he'll do whatever he can to rip that apart, make disunity, want everyone working against each other. And to be honest, it's no different in church life. He would love you all to be angry with each other. He would love if we all hated the pastors, if we all thought the leadership was stupid. That would make him very, very happy because it causes what? Death. And that's what has happened in my family. We've had to cope with death. And now that I've been a part of the leadership, I understand the weight that they carry as leaders when people have problems within the church. It feels like your niece or your father or your sister is going through a lot of trouble, and it's hard. So in a family, no matter how big it is, the key is to put Christ at the center. That he is the king of your kingdom, of his kingdom and your kingdom, the kingdom being your family. I want you to open your Bibles. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 6. It's just a very simple verse, but something jumped out to me. I'm going to read from the Passion. And seeing as uh, Johnny Farnham said, we're all someone's daughter or someone's son, this, <laughs> this is for all of us, okay? It doesn't matter if you're married or whatever. Children, that's us. If you want to be wise, listen to your parents and do what they tell you. And the Lord will help you. For the, com- for the commandment, honor your father and mother, was the first of the Ten Commandments, with a promise attached. Here's the promise. You will prosper and live a long, full life if you honor your parents. Who here wants a long and full life? Yeah, That's like the secret. Everyone's out there trying to find a long and fulfilling life, and God's given you the promise straight away. Honor your parents. Honor those who are in authority over you. And this isn't a message about let's do everything that our leaders say when they come back from Sri Lanka. This is more about how we can function as a family. Because all I see at my job is people mouthing off to their parents, swearing at them, cursing them, shutting them down, because there's no more honor in the household. It is crazy. You're going to hear from one, two, four other people in our church. They will have different perspectives. I'm going to ask a a new father to share a bit about his uh, testimony. I'm going to ask a couple and a young man to come up and share a bit about what they think family is. Is that cool? Cool. To start with, I want to invite up Mr. Jeremy Hill. 
Check out these photos. Look at this guy. Happy as Larry. This is your mic, brother man. How you going? Good. Good. Tell, tell me a bit about your family. Um, that's my smoking hot wife up there on the right, <laughs> Adriana. And our beautiful little six-month-old guy, uh, Jonathan. They're right over there in real life if you want to say hi to them. Lift him up. Do the Simba. Yay! Ah, <laughs> Tell me a bit about fatherhood, my man. Um, it is the scariest, most joyful thing you can ever do in your entire life. Um, that is 100% correct. Um, when we first brought him home, um, I don't think we slept for probably the first month. Two months, three months, something like that. Anyway, um, and I was amazed at how um, natural some of this stuff just came, both to him and to us. Um, there was some stuff that was that that blew my mind that he knew he knew what to do, and and we started to pick up on the different upsetnesses that he would have. Uh, and we'd know, oh, I bet you, you know, he's probably hungry. It's about that time. Or he's probably got a nappy. It's about that time. Uh, you know, he's probably tired. It's about that time. And you kind of just start picking up on little hints and things like that. And, um, but it's, it's scary because it's, a lot of responsibility because it's not like a cat or a dog or a fish or a plant. Like it's a it's a real critter. Like he's gonna grow up and be a person one day, you know, and, and that's I think that's probably the biggest why it's it's so scary. Um but that's the confidence that we have as believers, um and, and with the Holy Spirit's help is that anytime that there's like that come up that we can we can seek wisdom, and that's one of the best things that we, that we have as as believers, as Christians, is we can call on the Father, and, and He's always there to guide us and, and direct us whenever we're we got no clue. Right, and, and oftentimes, to be honest, we have no clue. That's that's ninety percent of the time. Yeah, that's, that's right. true. That's um, it's funny that first opening words to that scripture: "Children, if you want to be wise." I want to be wise. We want to be wise parents. Amen. So share a bit about what it has done for your, I guess, scope of the kingdom. Like being a father now from the perspective of obviously your son and your wife, what has it done internally with uh, with your relationship with God? Can I, can I share a scripture? Go nuts. Cool. <laughs> no, you can't. It's a church. I can't. No, it's a church. <laughs> Try it. Nobody's allowed to actually pull out. A, um, this is uh, from ESV. It's in Luke 11, uh, 11 to 13. And it says, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, and he's just talking about like people in the world naturally, know how to give good gifts to your children, or should, I guess, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give a Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Uh, so that's Jesus, of course, he's talking to some folks that are asking him some questions about stuff. Um you never really realize how much God loves you until you get a son and or a daughter, I guess, or a child. And, and that can be a spiritual child. It can be a physical child. But the amount of grace that we have for him 
is is unprecedented. Like he can do all kinds of bodily functional fluids all over you and you just give him a big hug and it's great. And like I would never in a million years let another thing let that on me ever. <laughs> ever, 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 ever. That's so gross. So many showers that I take. But with this guy, it's 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 like fine. It's like all right, whatever, you know, it's cool. Like you you, you always know like oh there's you know, I can always take a shower later and it's cool. Just make sure the furniture's okay. And even then you're like always get new furniture if we need to wow um yeah that guy he can he can really do some do some interesting things um anyway that's that's the side point and and so like even if he's not sleeping very well he's got some teeth coming in now you can put on around a while and he's uh there he's yeah and so he he'll let you know that he's got some teeth coming in because he'll grab your finger and stick it in his mouth and you know, really really go down on there and uh, and so that causes a little bit of lack of sleep for him, which causes a little bit of lack of sleep for us. Um, and but we we take it in stride. Like I I can't be upset at him because it's not his fault he's got teeth coming in. Like that's just part of him growing up. And so. You know, we there's I've I've discovered in myself anyway just the sheer amount of, of grace and, and love that we have for him. Um, like it's not his fault that he can't sleep because he's got you know his, his gums are in pain all the time. So we give him love and we, we pray over him and we speak awesome things into his life and 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 I think that whole relationship is I, it's got to be the way that God sees us. Like it can't be. Like, God's never like, oh, you know, you stupid kid, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, doing this, that, or the other thing. It's it's a love, and it's an, it's an understanding, and it's, and it's a compassion that, that God has for us. And I never really understood it fully until, until this guy rolled in, you know. Um, it, just the sheer amount, you know, like, there's plenty of times like, oh, I bet you God's mad at me about that, you know, like, the little things that you do, and man, I bet you he's upset. And it's and it's the opposite. It's like God loves us so much that He's He's like He's got that compassion for us. It's like, guys, it's all right, you know. Well, we can pick you up, we can dust you off. There's nothing that you can do that that's not fixable. It may take a while, but there's nothing that's not fixable. Uh, and and there's a there's a definite 100 percent peace in that. That you know, like there's that part in psalms where david talks about how like if he makes his bed in hell like god's still there like always there watching out for him and, 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 and taking care of him Does that answer your question right, one cool. more thing yeah what do you want for him in the future the best the absolute 100 percent best a thousand percent best fantastic yeah guys give him a hand thank you so much for sharing brother perfect now the next guest is Chataranga Dialwis. Did I say that right? Chat man. We know him as Chat. Welcome him up here, Chat. He asked me to give him questions off the cuff. He likes to just drop a mic and spit it how it is. So, mate, tell me. Yeah, all, all week I was waiting for your questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I listened for today. 
Question is, do you like long week, uh, walks on the beach or sunsets? For all the single ladies out there, to um, be honest. Sure, I, I do that all the time. <laughs> uh, did I mention Chad is single, most eligible bachelor in this church? We've got to, we got to say it. So, um, we're going to make a uh, show. Uh, Chad wants a wife. But that's not today. Today we're going to talk about you being a son of the house. So you came from, uh, Crossing Point. Yes. And talk about your, uh, transition to here, what you've, picked up, what you've learned, how you've felt since the move, be honest. Okay. Um, yeah, coming from Crossing Point, and um, I, I'll just tell you the background. Um, I, I googled it, and I found it, and Mr. Matt here finally gave an invite. I think that was God-led, I guess. Somehow I ended up there anyway, uh, at the church, and I took a lot of out of that church in the way um, I've been at another church and I went there and uh, I just felt myself uh, a lot of growing in the church and a lot of areas in my life that had kind of staled. Okay, I, I, I found answers there. And um, that, that was crossing point. So, and then the transition um I found out, like, just uh, with my experience, like, I, I've gone through with work and, like, a lot of changes. I moved from Sri Lanka to Australia, and nobody expects. Sometimes you don't expect change. Sometimes you, you look forward to change. But only when you are in the situation, you find out what it looks like. So, and I was very um, enthused by the... Um, advancement. I, I was looking forward to change, really. And uh, I couldn't be more happier for, um, yeah, for the churches to come together. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, I watched you very closely at camp. That's not a weird thing. That's normal. Uh, we had our, um, our family camp. We all went to family camp. And I watched Chat do his thing, just going around and, and meeting people and uh, connecting with people. And I think you're, you're real natural at that. Uh, why do you enjoy that? Why do you enjoy uh, connecting with people? And, and, and can you see yourself doing that as a ministry? Yeah, so I don't know really whether I'm, I'm doing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're that good. You don't even know what's happening. It's like, I thought this is what people do. Um, that's one thing. But I, I do, I have realized that this is what, um, ministries somewhat and uh, whether I'm feeling like it or not um, if I stay in my own head uh, I don't go anywhere <laughs> so if I'm in community uh, yeah I, I like to find out about people and everybody says a cool story and uh, yeah and while talking to other people you find more about yourself as well and uh, yeah I, I really enjoy speaking to people and uh, yeah seeing where they were. Um, this is actually like one of, I don't know, one of the pastors in a few years ago um, told that when you're at church, especially when you're at church, always ask the testimony. You can ask people how your, their week was and their day was. That's all good. And get into the same talk we do, talk with our workmates and um, everywhere else. But one cool thing you can ask at church and in a church community 
is what's your testimony why are you here and uh, yeah I've always now practically like I I I make effort to find out that from people sharing the testimony awesome uh, one last thing this might put you on the spot a bit but do you have a burning desire or passion to do like what's your dream I have multiple my best friends know <laughs> I change it every week so <laughs> but uh, what's the one thing you want to do okay. for the kingdom for the devil for the kingdom one thing um, yeah I, I see myself um helping a lot of people uh, that's like there's a number like I I I I made myself I'm like uh like Jacob I'm like I'm going to fight this out with God and I have a number and we came to agreement so yeah <laughs> so yeah Do you want to share the number um yeah it's a uh, thousand I want to tell about Jesus to thousand people <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Bring in a thousand yeah. sheep, that's right. It's called Operation 1000. <laughs> What's it called? Operation 1000. I'm in love. Put your hands together. Thank you very much, Chad, for coming up. It's just encouraging, guys. I hope you are taking notes. Uh, next, I want to invite up an amazing couple, someone we look up to very much uh, as leaders, as friends. Uh, you've seen Cherie sing already today. This is Dave and Cherie Barsh. I've only got one mic, so come on up. Now I'll go to Sheree first. Sheree, tell us about your family. Who's in your family? Yeah, us. Your kids. My kids. <laughs> There's me and Dave and Eliana and Verity. And they're upstairs. And they're upstairs in the room with all the kids running around having fun. And what's motherhood been like for you? Um, It has been, I think, actually a struggle of seeing, letting them just... Um, not trying to control them, but and letting them just have their free will and their free choice, but at the same time parenting them. That's probably the main thing that I have um, tried to kind of balance and figure out over the years is just giving them, realizing that they are actually little adults and they will one day be adults. And so I'm really just discipling children. Um, and that's, yeah what I'm trying to do. <laughs> but sometimes I and yell, so always it's not very discipling-like. <laughs> <laughs> same, question, same question to Dave. Um, <laughs> do you need the mic? Yeah. When I was becoming a father, so Karina was still pregnant, uh, Dave, Dave was always encouraging, big-time encouraging me, like, bro, you can't wait till it happens. And, you know, the eyes would light up. Your life's going to change and all this stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah, Dave. <laughs> Thanks, bro. But then when it happened, like everything he said, and then when I brought baby for this first time, he looked at me and he was just like nodding his head like, I told you. <laughs> I done told you, didn't I? So, mate, share your uh, your experiences as a father and the head of your household, I guess. Oh, wow. it's um, It really is like that. Like I, I as well had many people um, that said to me, and I mean, this is even before me and Shri were married, you hear stories from fathers and mothers like oh man when you have kids it's just it's just incredible and they're trying to use words to describe 
an emotion or a feeling or um, just being a father. There, but sometimes words can't even express what exactly that is. But I remember still very, very clearly the moment that, that Eliana came out and I just started crying. And I just, it was, it, it was a sensational time in my life where um, I, I, I actually startled myself in that I could fall in love with a child that quickly, like the moment I laid eyes on her. And I know that kind of sounds cheesy in some ways, you know, like you, there's so many songs about this that it kind of almost doesn't, you know, put the power in the situation. But man, it was, um, it was an amazing thing. And, um, and I, I mean, there's so much that could be said about, you know, fatherhood. Elion is now seven and Verity's four and um, and it's been an adventure to say the least. Um, discovering how to parent, um, how to be a good father, and how to uh, train my kids in the ways of the Lord, and understanding that um, I guess the biggest thing for me, Sean, is that um, that I would represent Jesus at home as well as at church and in my in my workspace. That um, that I would teach them the value of um, of just Jesus in our everyday life. So it's it's been a fun journey for me. Um, I'm kind of just taking it in stride. I think Jesus has uh, taught me how to be in peace a little bit more through the through the chaos and um, and just seeing seeing him in the midst of situations. So I recommend it to every couple have kids. It's amazing, and there's a real sense of fulfillment that comes with it. I don't know how to describe it any other way, but it's fulfillment. Fantastic. That's my son screaming up the back there. By the way. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he wants to be a preacher too. Um, I wanted to ask you, Cherie, because one thing that I know uh, is tough for all families and all people is time, time management. Um, how do you cope with that? I know that uh, you were saying even on the way here today, Dave's quite busy. So what's the juggling act? Because it really is like a juggling act. How do you cope with it? What do you guys do? I don't know. Um <laughs> I know that it goes better when I wake up and give my time to God, to be honest. Um, if I spend some minutes with him and actually calm myself into the day instead of hustling myself into the day. Um, but I make lists, and I uh, love Dave when he forgets to tell me things. <laughs> and I love myself when I forget to tell him things. And I don't know how we do that, to be honest. We just do it. Just do it? Yeah, I don't know. Lists and schedules. You got any wisdom on that, Dave? Um, yeah, I would say, honestly, probably the biggest thing has been a, um, a learning how to surrender these things to God. There's things that we just cannot change. There's things in the days that we just cannot change. Um, but something that I'm discovering in my Christian walk is that God is totally unchanging. He is with me in the everyday, and um, and I think even in the moments of, of chaos, you know, we have to remind ourselves of what's constant, and it's only Jesus. And I know that's a good Christian answer, but that's honestly, um, that's the truth that I'm trying to walk in every week, is actually knowing that um, this week has got a lot of variables. They're unseen, they're unknown in a lot of ways, um, but one thing remains constant, and that's that Jesus walks with me in today, and if I can just still myself in a moment and just say, God, we need your wisdom, the amount of times that Holy Spirit has given us a sensational answer, 
to a problem that we had no answer for is unbelievable. Like, God is real, and the more that we've discovered um, and, and, and been aware of, I think, just God in our lives, um, it's created opportunities for Jesus to speak, for our ears to hear, and, uh, and do things that aren't written in the book. You know, there's a lot of parenting books. Um, there's 101, and, um, and a lot of them have got a lot of great ideas, but it's not always um, straight to your situation. But that's where Holy Spirit you know, can really speak something solid into your life and, um, and bring calm and give you an answer to your situation. So. Yeah, I often will sit down some days, and even at work or wherever, and I wonder how on earth do families do it outside of Christianity? Like if they don't have health, how how do they do it? And that's probably the reason why there's so much destruction out there and dysfunction because he is our ever-present help. He's always there. And he's just like a, sometimes, and I've seen mothers do this, where they just put their screaming baby down and just say, God, help. You know, and it seems like everything is, is done. And I honestly feel sorry for my wife all the time because I'm not there as much as I want to be. And, uh, and, I, and I know Dave would feel that. But if, uh, Sheree, if you guys could encourage us one, maybe one thing each, um, something for us as a community that you've learned as a parent that you can impart to us going forward. One encouragement. Um, well, something I'm in the middle of learning right now is being prepared. And actually, this goes along with the last question, actually. Like, if I am putting my effort into preparing myself meaning practically and meaning in God, then I think that things work out a lot better. So I listened to this really good um, Bill Johnson message on sleep, actually. And uh, he talked about that um, it says there was evening and there was morning and there was one day. And so he talks about just the prep work that should go into the night in order to make the day function well and you're resting at night. And I think just resting actually in God at night and preparing my spirit at night is helping me a lot more with what the day holds. And because with kids, you just never know what the day holds. You have it all planned out just thus and so, and then it goes all just thus and so wrong. (laughs) And, you know, you, you think you're all planned out and then something happens that makes you late when you thought you were on time. And so there's just so much to it, but I think if I'm giving my spirit to God in the those quiet hours at night and giving myself to Him, that I am more functional um, throughout my stuff in family life. Mm. So that would be my encouragement to you: is spend your this the soft hours, the you know quiet hours with Him, the calm before the storm, <laughs> and buckle up. <laughs> And I'd say for me, um, just as a, as a dad as well too, and I would agree with Sean. It's uh, I would love to spend more time with my kids. There's this thing called work that um, that happens every week, right? And it's it's a good thing, um, but sometimes I wish I had more time for my kids. And um, but being super intentional, um, and I think I'm I'm learning more and more about this about creating memories with my kids. Uh, they're seven and four, and um, and sometimes they don't have to be the big, you know, wow moments, like spending lots of money and doing all these big wow things. It's uh, sometimes just small, intentional things that create opportunities for you to connect with your kids. And 
And I would say as, as a church family, um, it was actually many years ago, I, I thought the Lord actually changed my mind about the way that I view church. And um, I, I think I kind of came to suck people like Sean Dry and just like, and I would, um, I would, you know, say things like, oh, that didn't really hit the mark today or that didn't hit the mark. And, um, and I think this was just my mentality that I had, you know, coming to church and, um, and God began to tweak my understanding and, um, and one of my, my weekly prayers for church is, God, is there someone that I can minister to today? Would you open my spirit this morning? Uh, me and the girls um, on the drive here, we were praying for church and for worship and for mommy and that there'd be an open heaven over this place. And, um, and for myself personally, being intentional um, with the people that maybe I don't know so well and uh, trying to find common threads with people that maybe I don't always have conversations with. It only takes a few weeks of that, and all of a sudden, you've got the awkwardness of um, of not knowing someone actually goes away because you remember that conversation. I love coffee, and um, where's chat? We had an amazing time at uh, camp where we had this this cool coffee time, and I just I I really wanted to hang out with chat, and it just the timing was perfect. I was making coffee, and I'm like, dude, did you want to just have a coffee with me? And he was interested, and we got this thing with coffee now, man. It's just cool, you know? But it's simple little things um, that we can do to actually be a family and not just talk about it, but actually be a family. Like, be relational and um, say good day to someone and start building those bridges over and not wait for everybody else to do it for you. But someone has to start, right? Someone has to start the process. Uh, we all love Jesus. We all love this family. I absolutely love this church. Mm. I've been in this church for 13 years. I mean, it's been our community for the last, whatever, six months or whatever. Um, but 13 years I've been a part of Set Free and now our community. And this is probably the most family that I have ever experienced church. I'm serious. Building intentional relationships. And, um, you know, I, I love this man too. And I, I love the leadership and what they're trying to achieve here. It's not about building some big church. It's about building people big in God and big in family. Fantastic. Praise the Lord. Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Wasn't that awesome? Um, I remember when I was at Bethel a couple of years ago and Bill Johnson said that I don't build, I don't want to build big churches. I want to build big people. And it impacted me uh, tremendously. And I wanted to talk a bit about, just to finish, the last slide up there is a photo of uh, Mel and his grandson. And church life, community life is supposed to be fun. And I'll be straight up honest. Church hasn't been fun for me for a long time. I had, uh, you know, before, because I had a lot of stuff I was battling and, and it felt like I was doing things out of works. Um, I was always ministering, I was always doing stuff, uh, leading ministries and, and worship and all that sort of stuff, but I was just doing them. And it became mundane and it became religious. Uh, I can honestly say I actually love coming on Sunday to this place. And that's straight, straight up being honest. Like I would like to come here if I had no responsibility. This is the kind of family, the kind of community that I feel called about inviting my friends to. <laughs> and, that, and that's saying, and that's being uh, totally honest as well and a bit of something significant um, I was going to get my wife actually up here but I think she's disappeared 
Oh, come up here, honey. Come on. You're the last one. Karina. People know her as Coco. Her real name's Karina. Nice sweetheart. That was a surprise. <laughs> was a surprise. Um, we're perfect 100% of the time, all the time, aren't we? <laughs> Since I was honest, you have to be honest. Uh, without going too further into depth, but what's our life been like together? Be totally honest. Um, unexpected. Very unexpected. Um, I had a idea and a dream of what I thought my life would look like, and then meeting Sean, that all got shattered. Cool. <laughs> um, off it, off it. <laughs> um, but. It's been um, I don't know how to say it's it's caused a lot of growth, a lot of growth, and um, that's good. I wanted you to say it's hard. Oh, okay, it's hard. <laughs> because it has been hard, yeah. <laughs> I want to be honest. This is what we do here. <clears throat> Marriage, life, it's tough. Often Sundays are a bit of a reprieve. <laughs> we fly the white flag and have to be nice to each other for two hours. <laughs> but um, it's tough. It is uh, really tough. And <laughs> I remember when we first went and visited Jess and um, Ben and they were engaged. <laughs> it felt like we were talking them out of it. <laughs> we're like, come on, guys. I hope you're prepared for what marriage is because it's really tough. Uh, and the reason I wanted to, to say that is... You have to value the Father, how much He plays in His redemptive power to make what is wrong right, to make what is tough seem easy. And I, I will put you on the spot, but like we've gone through um, nearly a separation, uh, through infidelity on my behalf. Uh, we've gone through. Packing our bags, I've even got locked up for a night in the in the local um, police station. Like we, we've we've been through some really really tough things, and that's because two people who had an idea of what life would look like came together. And <laughs> I can honestly say that um, if it wasn't for him, we would not be together. And I want to say something. I want Karina to share a bit because. There was a time in our life where we actually, I actually said to Coco, let's just call each other friends and, and walk away from this. Because we did actually care for each other very much. Um, and she was going to America. So share a bit about that, like how we were going to go to Bethel and how that, that changed. Um, to not take up too much time, but I, Sean was in, Sean was spending a lot of time in New Zealand building this, um, this business that he was doing at the time and I was back home here on the Gold Coast and I remember phoning Sean up and well I actually remember, I remember having a moment where I was like God I've waited long enough it's my turn now so um, I called Sean up and I said Sean I'm going to America with or without you um, <clears throat> so my dream for about six years had been to go to Bethel and um, just 
spend some time um, just in that place, um, I guess hoping, hoping that God would just fix me enough so that I wouldn't be um, a problem to anybody else kind of thing, um, if that makes sense. But yeah, so I called Sean up one day and I said, I'm going to America with or without you. And he was like, um, okay, um, I'll be home in two days. Can you just wait? So I agreed to wait. Um, I had to call the flight center back and say, um, I just need you to pause that. <laughs> Give me a couple of days. Um, and Sean came back and, and we decided that, um, where we were as a couple was not healthy. Where we were in the church was not healthy. Um, we were, I was, I was coming to church, leading worship, and then spending pretty much the rest of the day just crying. Cause I was like, I don't know what else to do. I don't know why I'm here. What's going on? Um, this doesn't feel right. Um, so, and before we left, we were gonna, we were gonna spend three months in New Zealand so that Sean could continue to, work his business and then three months in Bethel would kind of be like my reward. <laughs> um, and a month before we left, I, I did say to mum and dad, I'm like, I can't do worship anymore. I'm just going to, I'm not going to come to church for a month. So sorry. <laughs> and um, I, Sean took over for a month and I just took some time out. We went to New Zealand and while we were in New Zealand, we met a guy Um and he was a pastor at a church and he really spoke a lot of life into us and and challenged a lot of things, challenged Sean on a lot of things, um, which I was like, yes, God. I was like, get him good, God. Um, <laughs> um, and and even, even up until like a month before we were supposed to go to Bethel, Sean was wondering, oh, maybe I won't go to America. Maybe Karina can just go by herself. Um, but then, um, we, we did go together. Sean went to a, Sean found a heaven in business conference that he was interested in going to. So he went to that as soon as we landed and we spent the next three months or probably 10, 10 weeks at Bethel. And I remember walking in to Bethel. Um, it had been a rough morning. <laughs> Um, my girlfriend forgot her keys to her car, so her husband had to come back, give her the keys, bring us in. And I just remember walking in just crying. Um, I remember the song we walked into was that, um, so come and blow on through, come and do what only you can do. Yeah, that one. And uh, I just cried. I cried and cried and cried and cried. I was like, this is home for me. Um and Bill got up and spoke, and I just was a blubbering mess again because I was like, ah! It's like, you just felt the father there. And what what came out of the next 10 weeks was just getting to know each other again. We went walking together, praying together every, every day, um, and, and just seeking God for for ourselves and and our future and um when we came back i mean we, we'd had we'd had a lot of people come to us over in bethel in one guy was like 
prophesying over us just outside Jamba Juice, because that's what happens in <laughs> in Reading, I should say. Um, so, and... I'll take that for me. Okay, go. <laughs> My team. Uh, we were... So the, so the preface was we were in this place. It was a large, last-ditch effort because I said uh, we've tried. You know, we didn't really try everything, but I said we've tried everything. Let's just do this. So when we were over in the States, um, I had a dream. I had a dream that we went to this forest, and in this forest, uh, you know, there was trucks on the way to this forest, uh, and it was really detailed. And in this this clear uh opening area of the forest god told us this um amazing message so uh we actually went and sought some help in new zealand and and one of our friends who's an incredible prophetess she said that's the redwood forest you've got to go to the redwood forest in america where the tallest trees in the world are and um, god's got a message for you there so that was one of our best days of our life we went up there and on the way to this destination were the trucks that were in my dream. They were on the side of the thing and I was like buzzing out. I was like, what? This is crazy. And then we went into this forest and we had communion together in this forest. And remember at that time I was um, not happy with work. Uh, My business wasn't doing that great. And I thought we were going to set up shop in New Zealand for a time, be closer to my family. And God said to us, he said, I've got a surprise for you. Um, you are going back to Australia to serve and um, help mum and dad, help Edith and Mel. And I was offended at that. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go back there. You, know, you, you saw my heart. You saw what I did there. I was, I was religious in that place. And he said, everything you've wanted, um, it's coming. And there was a lot of fear on my behalf as well because I was like, I don't want to go back to just where I was. Yeah, because she was disengaged from the worship team and, um, you know, it was just emotional. So God said it really clearly. You're going to Australia. I've got something special for you, a surprise. And uh, so we did. That was an amazing trip. We talk about it often. Um, we're going to go back there sometime. And, and look what's happened. Uh, this community, we didn't even know about uh, that this church was going to merge together. Well, two things happened. We had a son. That was a big surprise. Which, that was a massive surprise. Um because my history was I didn't even know I could fall pregnant, and we had a miscarriage. Um, and then, and then, yeah, at Bethel yeah. we got prayed for. and On the last day, the, Bill Johnson prayed for. Prayed, yeah, yeah prayed he for asked the people couples. that have had like a loss or a miscarriage, and we thought because the <laughs> congregation is so big that heaps of people would have stood up. And it was just it was us. about three couples yeah, that and stood a couple up. of us. And so. I was like, man. And he prayed, and then, look, River came along. River came along, and then the church planting here. Mm. And so it, it was crazy. And then it came time, obviously, to name our son. And uh, Caleb was there in the room at that time. And uh, River is a name we liked. But his middle name is Israel. And I named him that not because of the place, but because Israel was named after Jacob. His name is Jacob, the father of Israel. And um, Jacob's life was a life of trickery and lies and uh, up until he wrestled with God that night remember and he wrestled all night and then God literally hit him in the hip an angel hit him in the hip and he walked differently from that night on and they said your name is now Israel and to me that uh, signified in my son the redemptive power of God 
okay, that you were walking one way, Sean, where you didn't know where you were going. You were not a great husband, not a good leader, not a good man, but I'm here. You're going to walk different from now on. And, you know, and that was what we named our son River Israel Farah. So, all I want to say really, uh, or we want to say, and I know our leaders will also echo this, is that this is real church to me, where we can have a conversation like this. It just feels like we're in a, a lounge room, and um, and you're all a part of this. What we're building here, I think, is very unusual, very different to what you find in mainstream churches. And I'm so thankful to God that we're a part of that. And uh, I just love you guys. I really, really do. Jeremy, chat, you know, uh, Dave and Sheree for sharing, and my beautiful wife as well. This is a journey, okay? Uh, they say you can't pick your family, and I truly believe that. I think God puts us in families. I think he's up there going, ha, I know exactly where I want you to be. And that's uh, this place. So let me just pray as we finish. Um, thank you again for everyone who shared. But, Father, I just give you all praise and all glory. I thank you so much, first and foremost, for my beautiful wife and how she has stuck by me and uh, how she's continued to love on me despite the hardest of times. And you know, now here we are at the front of this community sharing our testimony and sharing the love that you have for us. As a people, God, we thank you for uh, just this church, this place where we can feel welcomed and, and covered and, uh, and just a part of the, the fabric here. I thank you that you're doing a new thing. I thank you that um, your presence is here every Sunday. Without fail, you show up. And we just ask, Father, that you continue to help us grow in our wisdom. Wisdom as a leadership, wisdom as people in the way we lead our own families, wisdom as uh, even single people in this church, Father, they might even felt disconnect during this, this service because it wasn't about them, Father, but it is definitely about them as well. Uh, you see a bright future, uh, plugging in, finding the right person for them to, to, to marry and, and have their own families one day, Father. May you bless that. For every young person in our church, God, I pray that you would build them up and grow them in the way you want them to be. Father, their destinies we call forth in advance. For all things, we give you great, great thanks for. You are amazing, God, and the way you are just so love us and the way you're involved in our families is amazing. We just give you all glory and all honor. So we love you. We love you together. And we praise you now in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming to church today. Um, food's on. I'm